you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio. I'm Steve Smith Sr. And I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut to it, cut to it, let's get down to it, cut to it. We ask the questions you always want to know, but no one ever asks. Let's cut to it. You know it's if you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. You know it's on. It's on. Is it crooked? Good. All right, we're going to cut straight to it. So I was in the gym the other day, Steve. You doing Okay, right? I'm doing excellent. I've been waiting for this one. So I was, in, I was in the gym the other day, and I'm 5'8", about 170 pounds of soaking wet, right? So I ain't the, the biggest guy, but I, I got a couple muscles, whatever. Yeah, you, you, and so, you, you can lift. Yeah, so, so it was a leg day on Sunday. And no, hold, hold on, hold on. Whoa, what? whoa, rewind. Let me. You do legs? I do do legs. Yeah. Oh, I'm, with weight? No. Or you do I it with bands? No, I don't do no bands. I oh, do it okay. with weights, right? So thought you was trying so to get that. Part, see, I thought you was trying you to get part, that apple bottom. You, <laughs> <laughs> no. First off, you should never with a man oh, talk about apple bottoms. I, that's neither peach, here nor there. It was peach or apple. I went with I, apple. I, I wish was like, you I can't say that. I wish you would have discontinued both options. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm working on legs. Yeah, with your bands? No, with, okay. with, with weights, right? Did you have ankle weights on? I did not have ankle weights. I don't do none uh, of this stuff y'all be doing. So, so who's the y'all? The people at the table. Oh, okay, okay, cool. People cool, at the cool. table. All right. So, all right, doing squats, doing leg press, all this oh. stuff. So I went heavy, right? He's so doing all heavy. the selfie shots. Selfie <laughs> shots. <laughs> Let me tell my story. I'm sorry. It gets better. Right? I apologize. I apologize. So I don't do that stuff for sure. I don't post my workouts. I don't yeah. do all that stuff. However, as I'm probably three quarters of the way through my workout, I see this guy who's probably, I don't know, 5'11", probably about 
220, something like that. And so he's doing all the show off type workouts, right? Like he's got the weighted vest and he's doing the, the pull-ups and then inverts to dips on top of the Smith machine. And then he's got, um, he's with doing a, wet, the, with a, with a weighted vest? vest, with a weighted vest. Then Ooh. he's doing push-ups on top of the, the dumbbells to balance himself. And he's got a videographer with him. So I'm like, all right, this is just odd, right? Like he ain't a trainer. He's not on staff. He's just here with a videographer. So I'm just like, all right, dude's just doing the most, but whatever. So I'm finishing up my workout. Is this a former player? Not to my knowledge. Okay. But he's probably – I'm just asking. He's probably early to mid-40s, maybe. Oh, Yeah, so he's – and then he's ripped up. Like, I ain't, I ain't hating on duties. He ripped up whatever. So I was across machines from him. I was on the leg extension. I'm towards the end of my workout now. So I'm just trying to burn out. I'm trying to do lightweight, mm-hmm. high reps on leg extension. Just trying to burn out. And so uh, he gets my attention. He's like, hey, you going to put some more weight on there? Oh, shenanigans. And I'm like, uh, nah. I said, bro, I'm, I'm doing high reps. I'm burning. I'm about to get up out of here. Oh, man, I'm just messing with you, bro. I'm just messing with you. I'm like, bro, I wasn't going to be offended. I'm just telling you, like, yeah. that's what my workout was. So he's on a bench press, right? So his videographer's on the way. And I see him. I think he put on maybe... 265, so he had on two plates and probably had... 265? Yeah, 265. And so he puts his legs on the bench. So you know how you can do it oh, that, that targets your, your weight? Shenanigans. Oh, oh, but it don't stop there. Mm-mm-mm. So he puts his, he puts his He still up. has a weight vest on? He, no, he took the weight vest off. Smart, vest okay. So um, so his, his videographer's, you know, loading up like between sets because he had to change something out, whatever. And so Wasting he puts a lot his, of batter. <laughs> so he puts his feet on the bench. And then I'm thinking he's just, I'm, you know, he, like I said, he's ripped up, so I'm thinking he's going he's gonna to kill this, whatever. Then I see him turn his grip, and he goes underhand grip. Underhand? Underhand. So he's underhand, so, you know, typically your bench press like this. Yeah. Underhand, 265, legs up. I'm like, mm, this ain't going to work out. This is not going to work. And guess what happened? What happened? It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so my man, who's been doing the most with the videographer. Mm. They got it on film? While he's filming. Ooh. Goes underhand grip, and his right hand, I don't know what happened, all of a sudden, shoot. Ah! <laughs> Ask me what I did. Oh, hell no. I ain't helping him. <laughs> I'm watching him. I was straight hey, my spectator. Man. Yo, somebody need to help him. I wouldn't have said that. You know I, what I would have no, said? No, I said that in my mind. I didn't say it. You know what I would have said? Hey, my man. You might want to lighten up that way. <laughs> <laughs> so what? actually what I did? Yep. I put the hoodie back over my head. Mm-hmm. I went in the locker room, got my stuff, and I dipped. Mm. You know what I would have said? I would have walked past him. Stupid. <laughs> I'm like, bro, it costs you, no-. like my man Jay-Z said, it costs you nothing to pay me no mind. Mm. You worried about what I got on my weight. It was a brother, too, huh? Oh, yeah, it was. Stupid. Oh, man, he had on, he had on the, 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 the Hulk Hogan uh, tank top that goes, you know, around your, uh, around your shoulders what are you and do all this. What are these 22-inch What are you going to do when this 265 falls straight on your pecs? <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, bro. And you're doing, all this, you're doing all this because so did you they, got a videographer. So did they help him? The videographer? Yeah, he put his camera down and he helped him out. And Ooh. I was like, dang. But it wasn't me. I can tell you that now. It wasn't I would have stayed and watched. Because <laughs> I'm like, bro, you come, like you over here worried about everybody else flavor they Kool-Aid. Mm. And you ain't worried you about yours. Here, you, you know, here's what it is. He worried about your flavor of the Kool-Aid, and he out here drinking Crystal Light. <laughs> that what happened. At 265. So, my man, I have no idea. First time seeing him, have no idea who he was. Mm-mm-mm. But that was tragic, bro. 
I'm sorry. Hope he didn't rip his peck. Hope he didn't do anything like that. But no. the moral of this story is it pays to mind your business. Mind your weight, son. Mind your weight. <laughs> mm. Who we got? Coming up on the Cut To It podcast, we've got Mike Garofolo. He's got over 20 years' experience covering the NFL, works for the NFL Network, and a native of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Mike Garofolo on the Cut To It podcast. Get iced up. Smitty's version of Icebreakers, and you know him well enough that you don't know what this man may throw at you. So uh, there may or may not be a follow-up. Just depends on what he has. Smitty, go ahead. Give him the first one. All right. This is an easy one. It's all about Mike Garofolo. So if you fail a test, you failed yourself. Mm. I'm ready. All right. What was your first car you drove? Uh, mm. I think it was. You know or think? Why are you? Well, because um, my mom had two cars, and I'm trying oh, to remember the. Oh, oh, oh my baller. Oh, right. brag. No, no, my no. had two cars. She had two cars at two different times uh and i'm trying to remember wait wait but like literally the first car i ever drove like literally got behind the wheel of yeah uh it was a this is a bad story already like you're getting me in trouble already you're getting me in trouble i mean look if if you illegally drive we it's a recorded line i don't want to you know i don't want to I mean, first car, first car I had, I did not have a license. I bought it for 160 bucks, and it was a, it was a Dodge something. Yeah, my mom usually let me drive for Crown Vic. Without so, so here's my friend was nobody knows this story. I mean, nobody. Two people know this story. Me and my friend. Okay, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people in here. Plus the rest of the world. And the rest Plus of the world. The world. <laughs> so uh, he was banged up, and I didn't have a license, and never driven a car. And I'm like, bro, you can't drive us home. You cannot drive us home. There's no way. You are like, you're not seeing straight. And so I said, we got to leave the car here. We got to get a cab. And he's like, no, because my parents will know that I was drunk underage. And so now I got to get like we, the car has to be home. I have to get home in the car. So uh, I drove home. I mean, that's the short version. And I had never driven a car ever before in my life. What was it? What? 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 It was a Plymouth. Um, Ooh. It was a disgusting brown Plymouth hatchback. something. <laughs> it was no hatchback. No hatchback. They did have those hatchbacks. They though. did. Yeah. No hatchback. It was a four. It was a sedan, uh, and I drove it. And I was. I, I just like I didn't try. I one time. I don't know why. I I remember changing lanes in the middle of the bridge, and I asked him. I was like, dude, I don't know how this works. I'm not looking at my mirrors. Can I change lanes right now? He's like, yeah, you're good. And then I realized I listened to a guy that was incapacitated. <laughs> and I heard, you good, you good, you good. Don't worry about it. So I, I just, look, we, we've all done stupid things when we were kids. I mean, it was, it was stupid and semi-responsible because I was trying to get us home and get everybody safe and not in trouble and all that stuff. But probably should have called the cab and let him deal with the consequences. I, I see what everybody, you're doing, trying to make yourself yeah, sleep better at night. Okay. Everybody got to have the team dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except the team dad would have probably punished himself on that one because I shouldn't have drove. I'd never driven before. And I drove I'm over uh, over a bridge. I went from state to state. That's a federal case now. Oh, I rose don't low, state to state. What, uh, how old were you? Uh, eight, 17, 18 maybe. I didn't drive. I didn't have my license until I was 18. Okay. Um, so it's probably 17 ish, 17, 18 ish. Okay. 
like that. All right. The last movie you went to at the theater before COVID-19. I have no earthly idea. I couldn't that's, even guess. That's the bananas that's part. I, when I, 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 questions, I was literally like, I can't even remember the last movie I saw. But I do because it was a black movie. Harriet Tubman. Mm, that's a good one. Um, remember that coming out? That's how bad it is now. You don't remember? You don't. we talked about it. It was a great movie, but I didn't see it. I don't. I don't you don't. Mm. Well, let me think about this because the Oscar contenders this year. I think I saw them all at home. So Oscars, twenty nineteen. Oh, he's, he's such an insider. He's, he right. has his he's got That's why I heard. I heard him close his glasses. Uh-huh. His glass case that he usually pops on. That's uh-huh. the glasses he uses. You know, when mm-hmm. he's really hunkering yeah, down, he's, he's about to get into he's it. He's our first guest to ever Google the Get Ice Up question. This, this is Mike. Yeah. Well, I want to get it right, right? So best... Uh, he's he, going. Him and Ian Rappaport. He's Googling, right, he's Googling right now. 2020. Yeah. 20. Uh, <laughs> Green, Book, Green Book I saw on a plane. Black Panther I saw on a plane. Klansman plane. Bohemian Rhapsody I saw at home. I, I, don't, I, I don't... A Star is Born I saw... I'm trying to remember. Roma, the favorite. I have, dude. I have no idea. That was your full last time. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. This year, I saw. I definitely saw them. I definitely did not go to the movies this year, right? Because oh, none of us did. I, I, dude, I honestly don't know. I'd have to. All right. Uh, so where did you propose to your beautiful wife, Jessica? The uh, Big Apple Circus, uh, in the center ring, because um, that's where we went on our first date. And um, you'll love this story. So I said, that's where she had told me, you know, don't do the stadium proposal. For some reason, she thought I was going to do a stadium proposal, which I never want to do. I just, I don't, listen, if you want to do that and that's romantic for you, go crazy. But I was never, ever going to do that. So I was worried that, and I didn't want to ask her at that point, be like, hey, remember when you said stadium proposal? What if I do it at a circus? Like, I, th- I think she just didn't want the stadium thing. But I was afraid that she was going to get mad at me if I did it in the middle of a public event. But the, the day that um, uh, I, I asked her if we were like exclusive, we went to the circus that day. Um, it was a whoa, Saturday whoa, afternoon whoa, in whoa, the city. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? So you you asked her, are you exclusive? One, I mean, were you thinking about not being exclusive? <laughs> right. Are you, no. you, you were trying, you I don't were think I've asked that with my wife now. Yeah. Hey, are, are we, exclu- we exclusive? Are we going? Well, st- that's such an un-African-American <laughs> right. question. Are we going stay? <laughs> right. So, so, you know, but he, I had never, I had, hold on. I had never, um, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> I had never dated. you, Mike. I, I, you know, I dated, but I was never in an exclusive relationship before my wife. Like I just, the, the longest I dated a girl was like three months maybe. And we just oh, kind of dated. Yeah. We weren't, we weren't exclusive. So I never really had a true, you know, girlfriend. I was always sports, work stuff. So I just really didn't, you know. No, how old were you? I, 25. So did like, so you're 25 years old. You're asking your girl, are we exclusive? Well, it started with did you like give her a paper. Sorry. No, yeah. No. <laughs> so you, you, you're not. Check yes or no. You're, you're not. I mean, the, the moral of the story here is I I like I didn't know. So Mike, we we went to the circus. Then we met my cousin for dinner in the city. She and her friends uh, met us because she went to Fordham and they were around. I said, "Come join us for dinner and whatever." Um, 
And so she asked me when, when Jess snuck away for a second, she's like, so are you too exclusive? And I was like, I don't know. Like, what do I have to ask that? Or is that just kind of assumed? She's like, no, you got to ask her. So I said, okay. So I asked her on the way home. And to this day, she thinks that I was copping out by saying, oh, my cousin asked me. And then I didn't know. She's like, why couldn't you just ask me? I was like, cause I didn't know. And I just say, Hey, by the way, she mentioned it to me. That's a good question. Are we exclusive? Anyway, so that was that was the first that was 2006, I, I believe. And then uh, 2009, we got engaged and I said, I want to do something special. So I contacted the guy at the Big Apple Circus because that's where we, you know, I said, well, look, this is a fitting that I would ask her to marry me in a place where I asked her, were we exclusive? And um, but, I, I tried to barter with him. Is this a Big real Apple circus? circus? Yes, uh, it's but it's not like it's not like Ringling Brothers used to be. It wasn't in a big arena. It's under a it's kind of an old fashioned circus where they have animals and stuff, but it's 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 more throwback type stuff, um, like a juggler and stuff. So it's not. They have like a tightrope. Oh. Yeah, they got tightrope. Guy jumps off the you know, they trapeze and all this stuff. Oh, um, shucks. Yeah, and it's under it's under an actual tent. They put a big tent up in in uh, Lincoln Center. Um, so. Uh, I, I did a deal with the guy. I said, listen, here's the deal. Um, I'll tell you what, you let me do this. And I don't think I had to do this deal. You let me do this. I will get SNY, which is Sportsnet New York. I'll get SNY to do my weekly interview with Brandon Jacobs of the Giants from the Big Apple Circus. So you give me a little bit and I'll give you a little pub in exchange. And he's, he's like, cool. Wheeling and dealing, right? Always and dealing. This is about Wheeling. the barters, dude, I know. Yeah. So we, So it gets better. So we, I, I proposed to my wife, knocked her socks off. She loved it, which was great. I was relieved. I was worried she wasn't going to like it. Um, and then we set up a date like the following week for, for Brandon. And Brandon confirms with me, yeah, we're good, we're good, we're good. And then bails on me the, mor the morning of the show. And um, yeah, I got to get surgery on my tooth because he, he got hit by Albert Hainsworth. They got into a, a fist fight during the game. And so he, and so the guy was pissed, obviously. He had promoted it. Uh, he got a letter from a fan that was pissed because her kid showed up in a Brandon Jacobs jersey. So then I had to arrange for like Brandon to send the kid a, a, a note and a, a video and all that. I mean, it was worth it. And then we finally did it. We rescheduled and he showed up and we all did it, you know, and he was in the center ring. And yeah, so there's a lot that went into it, but it, 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 it went well. Three or four layers deep in all that. Yeah, that's G. That's Mike G right there. I love me some Mike G. <laughs> we, we actually we argue on television, uh -huh. but I actually like him. He pushes me, I push him. So we're, we we yeah, really don't dislike each other as much as. We <laughs> I didn't think at all. You said as much. I didn't think at all. <laughs> yeah, there's a few times I could have uh, thumped you in your Adam's apple a few times, but ouch. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, especially on live TV, you watch a man just grasp of air. You know? <laughs> is it is it NFL Network or is it like Cobra Kai? Just thump, <laughs> just a little thump. So, uh, last one: if you had to choose one thing to eat for the rest of your life, what would that be? Hmm. Assuming. All things are, you know, we're not doing this based on health. Because if I, if no, I had no, to, no, no, no. yeah, this is just you got to eat something. It'd probably be pizza, right? Mm, I like that one too. I like that. Now, do I do I have one kind of pizza, or can I vary the different kinds of pizza? 
Uh, sure, we're always living in it, brother. So, yeah, that's good. It gives me some variety. I can do a little veggie pizzas one day. I can do a little meat lovers the next day. Oh, you could like that meat lover, so. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you coming on. We love to really just talk all sports, uh, all the dynamics. So, um, growing up, who was your team? Eagles. Yeah. Who? I grew up the, the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Because I grew up uh, in Philly, um, rooting for Buddy Ryan's team. And um, I, I still, you know, Sixers, Sixers not so much, but Flyers and, and Phillies, I'm still into. I, I, you can't be a fan. And I covered the Giants, and for some reason they found out the fans did. I was from Philly, and it was an ongoing joke every year that, they were, you know, you're an Eagles fan, and you heard about it, and you brought it up on air a few times, Steve. Mm-hmm. Busted me and Colleen about it. Her, it's true. She's still because she's not a reporter, so she could still be a fan. Me, I'm a reporter. Yeah. So, I, you know, it, it was my fandom. Here you go. My here's where we cross paths. My fandom started to taper off as I would every now and then cover the Eagles, which still allowed me to kind of be a fan because mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, entrenched with them. I just kind of helicopter in because I was covering everything in Philly. Uh, the 2003 uh, championship game. That you guys came in and punched that Eagles team in the mouth. And that's the last one that I was upset about. And I said, you know what? I, I can't. True Philly fan. You renounced your fandom after that. True Philly fan, right? Yeah. I mean, sort of. Yeah. It's probably, that's probably the last game that I actually bottom had a rooting of, interest. The bottom of the bottom. They will turn on their team. So he, but you, did you notice how at first he tried to position it like, you know, I'm a professional. He's a mm-hmm. journalist. And I have, you know, journalistic standards. He has to not have yeah. a team. But yeah, it was really through. at the end of that game, I ain't messing with them no more. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Phillies. We have to take a break, and more than anything, we gotta pay some bills. Mm-hmm. You that check. I love cut to it, and I I love it even more when you download us and subscribe. And you can follow us on social media too, Smitty. Where where at? That's at Cut To It on Instagram. What about Twitter? At Cut To It. Facebook. Cut to it featuring Steve Smith Sr. What about online? And you can follow us at cuttoitpodcast.com where you can buy merch and you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I got all my answers questions. Um, I got all my questions answered. That's what I'm here for, brother. Cuttoitpodcast.com. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. 
This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Where are you from in a place you call your hometown? Uh, well, I'm from Philly. I mean, I used to walk to the vet mm. veteran stadium. Uh, the Phillies games were dollar general admission. So you could go to a game for a dollar in the middle of the, yeah, you, and those were the cheapest seats and you'd sneak your way down, obviously. Mm. Um, and then they went to the world series in 93 and uh, the price went up to $5, which is a uh, 500% increase mm-hmm. or is it 400%? I never get that right. But regardless, it was an increase that was a lot for a, a 14-year-old. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, that's, that's my neighborhood. I wouldn't change a thing about where and how I grew up. I loved growing up in the city, uh, in a neighborhood that was tightly knit. I learned a lot of things on the, on the streets and on the, uh, on the playground um, that you don't learn in school, that you have to learn, life lessons. And I would yeah. never change yeah. a thing. Tell us, like, what, what did you learn in the streets? Uh, well, when I say it that way, you start to think like, you know, the streets, it ain't the streets. I, I, knew, what you, I knew what you meant, but I just, I just took what you said well, and roll with it. I figured I'd cut you off at the past before you went I, there. I knew you wasn't slanging dope, bro. Chill out. <laughs> I just meant, you said you learn stuff in the streets, on the playground. Mike Young Jeezy Garofolo. Yeah. Hey, what's, what's your name? My name is Mike, but they call me Mike Mike. <laughs> you, got my, you got my cash? No, I'm not talking about that. No. I'm just talking about really, you know, it's sometimes people will say the streets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, as you know now as parents, right, you can't have your kids hanging out with all kids because you know, no. some kids will pick up cursing, will pick up bad habits from other yeah. kids, other places. So that's what I'm that's what I meant more as a parent perspective, not like, oh, you, you know, my girlfriend is a thug, like none of that. Well, and this is something that I, my daughter's just turned three, so we're, we're not there yet by any stretch. Um, but this is something that I wrestle with because. I learned a lot. I, I, the most that I learned in life was by doing dumb stuff. 
um, and making mistakes. And so, you know, I want to sit there and kind of tell my, my daughter along the way to, to, to not make the, but I think you have to in life. Um, well, they're going to make it. We were in break earlier today and, um, my son Peyton is, um, uh, one of the, one of the, uh, staff was asking, um, Sarah was asking, how is, how is Steve as a dad? And he was like, oh, sarcastic. He was like, oh, he was great. You know, but we're just talking about how parenting and my style and all that stuff. And he made some mistakes, but it, it, it's really cool now seeing him 22, 23, kind of life is starting to evolve for him. Mm-hmm. But you got to kind of allow them to fall to go. flat on their face. Yeah, but it's tough as a parent. Like, you don't oh, yeah. want them to. Like, I'm, yeah. like, scared for him to fall on his face. Yeah. Right, and and I I don't I'm I'm scared to admit like I worry mm-hmm. like I'm like man he could you know even just him dating people I'm like oh I gotta write choose the right one get a prenup don't bring no scallywags <laughs> home you know just my mind just goes down a rabbit trail to the point of like if he brings a girl if he ever brings a girl back over to the house I'm literally like scallywag I'm like what's she do what her parents do where she live well you know you know what's her favorite color all that stuff mm-hmm. that. I sabotage in my mind, like, I ain't gonna like her. Yeah, you're, you're already going into it with a oh, preconceived yeah. notion. My preconceived notion is she ain't good enough. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you, dad. I'm, I dare I'm Straight so, ter- dad. I'm so territorial. Yeah. Like, you know, like to the point is like, I told him, look, if it ain't serious, don't bring the ass up to the house, just straight up. You know, mm-hmm. don't ask to come on no vacation. Hey, can, if they last name ain't Smith, don't ask me, shh, I don't care. So I I get it, bro. And you, your little girl's three. I only got one. If we had, if we had a, if me and Angie had another child and it was a daughter, run me over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the daughter's are different, man. And I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm right there. With you. I, we got we're we're a month away from number two. I know. I told that, you that, man. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. We got two coming. Yeah. So Mike, tell us about your family dynamic. I'm not you sure. growing up. <laughs> My family dynamic. Uh, we were a family of five. I had an older sister and a younger brother, uh, all with extremely different interests, but we were we were still tight. My, I'm, I was really the only sports fan. My mother and I were the only sports fans. Now that's not true. My sister a little bit, uh, but mostly my mother and me uh, in, into sports in the family. Um, my brother and father not so much, uh, which was weird right like you're supposed to learn sports from your dad and all that stuff and all those stereotypes no nah, it's not not how it was in our family at all and my brother was three years younger than me my sister two years older uh, we had a my, my parents just celebrated their 46th wedding anniversary yesterday wow. congratulations wow. yeah Super. yeah That's we're, we're, you have a tight family where, where is your family's place of origin uh the, well nationality which I don't think that's the word. Is it nationality or is it uh, heritage? Uh, is Italian. Uh, my great grandparents were born in Italy. My grandparents were born here, uh, and we've been both sides of the family been uh, Philly all the way. Uh, I don't know why they settled here or there. Excuse me. I'm up in North Jersey now. See, that's the that's the the fun part of it all. Is my sister moved when she got married, moved five doors away from my parents. 
my brother, when he got married, moved across the playground. Uh, I moved to North Jersey. You'd think I moved to, you know, Russia, the yeah. way that they reacted. I mean, I'm only an hour and a half away. Relax. We're, we're not that far. We're not that far away. Um, but uh, yeah, we're still, we're still a very tight-knit family. We're used to having, you know, we'll have sports po- folks, but we want every aspect, every dynamic of sports. We've had Colleen on here, and now we have you. And I, and I love having you on here because it's a different perspective, mm-hmm. right? You love sports so much that you got involved into it. So take us down that road of how your career began. You know, I knew my athletic ability was not going to take me to places where they actually pay me money to, to play sports. So I think I made that determination early that I knew, I pretty much knew exactly what I wanted to do. Um, whether wow. it was. Oh, how? How did you know exactly what you wanted to do? Because I would watch the broadcasts and, and see what the reporters or announcers or analysts would bring to the table and say, yeah, I like that. That's cool. I always loved kind of putting on a show when I was a kid. I kind of liked the, the, the notion of what went into it and, you know, how these guys brought their information and, and um, let it out on national TV. Um, so I kind of... Didn't know that. I, I, I like that. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I um, appreciated it from afar. Um, and then I got to college and my father uh, said to me, well, why don't you check? Because everybody was doing internships. Oh, I'm going to do an internship here, an internship here, an internship. I said, okay. There was one for, uh, they called them producers, but basically they were board, we were board ops and engineers who ran the board and answered the phones for WIP uh radio in Philly. We would answer the calls and get the call. We would basically run the whole show. Um, and uh, I answered the the uh, ad. They called me back. I had an interview. I was a junior. It was my second, I was going into my second semester of my junior year. At what college? At LaSalle University. I and knew, I just uh, wanted you to, I just, yes. I, I just, I need you to I had to refresh your memory on television. You just, sir, yes, sir. I got you. Um, You're letting your fans not hear the important part. I have fans. Yes, you have all three. Now you're gonna get some after this. Yeah, Mm, there we go. That's what I'm. That's why I'm doing this. Um, (laughs) Is it the the mess up thing that Steve said? Nah, (laughs) (laughs) we mess with each other all the time. You know what Garofalo does really well? What's it? Plays victim. He that's why he giggled too. He plays. Oh yeah, you you're yelling at me. I get more fans every time you're yelling. At me. <laughs> Man, people take it so serious. You'll get. I get a tweet. Man, how you let Steve Smith do that to you? I I don't know, man. That was that was pretty bad. Why didn't Why you follow me? People take that so serious though. Like, oh, they, they do. Y'all have like with anything, like whether it's you and Steve or whether it's Steve when you on with any of the guys on Thursday night, like that's always the public responses. They don't like each other. Like, yeah, just tell which us, is, man, relax. Which is good and bad. Like you want, you want people to be into it, but you don't want people to be too serious and, and right. recognize a joke for a joke. But you know, so we just mess with, like he literally will say, Hey, I'm going to say this and I'll be, we'll be in a group. Yeah, I'm like, already talked about it I'm like, I'm going to say that was dumb. Yeah. And he's like, these great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now some of it has been authentic BS. For sure. Like we got an argument on TV that's in the 
Yeah. So we're in the green room. Uh, thir- um, good morning, football weekend on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill doesn't play well, and he literally says in the green room, this is now, um, you usually got in after me, so what, this is like 545. Now I've eaten my 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 breakfast, my waffles with my my syrup. And he comes in and he's like, oh my gosh, can you believe how piss poor? Why does he have a British accent? I don't know. <laughs> and he's like, hey. and he says, and he goes, my goes, they look like a high school team. Oh, I remember this. I flipped my lid. I'm like, what? Yeah. He's like, yeah, high school team. I'm like all the damn practice they have. Yeah. And then I was like, see, that's what's the matter with you reporters. Had the <laughs> had the index finger. Oh, too. and then all of a sudden you weren't in the media anymore. Oh yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden, all of a sudden your rose. I was I I just took my mouthpiece out of my mouth. <laughs> like he's like, what? What? You know, he what? What? I'm like, that's BS. Yeah. He's like, no, it's not. You see how they play. I said, yeah, I've seen some high school games. Uh-huh. Sat, I've been to some Friday night games. They don't look that good. <laughs> He's like, no, no. And what does he do? He doubles down. Yeah. We go on, on air. And said it. And I said the same thing. Except I was or, like, except it was live. Oh, I was <laughs> hot. And he thought the second time uh-huh. I was going to be less animated. I was hot. He thought you got it out in the ground. I was hotter because <laughs> I was like, oh, you're going to try me on TV too. Bro, it's just like some of the stories we have. But listen, don't don't think that I, you you say it like I, I expected that. Oh, I'll get you in front of the cameras and no, I'll never no, no, do I that. Wasn't, I wasn't saying it like it was a gotcha. I just meant as a former player mm-hmm. and then as a as an analyst. I mean, as an insider, we have these conversations, good and bad, that goes from his journalistic point of view. I'm part of the that journalistic point of view, but also as a former player's point of view. And we kind of battle between the journalist's information and how he takes it and, reg- and, and, and dissects it. And then how that comes across as a former player mm-hmm. in which why reporters and players sometimes have this friction. Right. Right. Because the reporter's like, I have to tell, I have to explain it. Like I'm talking to my, 80-year-old grandmother. And the player's like, first of all, your 80-year-old grandmother isn't watching a game. <laughs> right. She ain't part of this demographic. Yeah. So it's, it's always this dynamic that we go through. It's, it's pretty interesting, though. Gotcha. Well, so just to be clear, uh, we're not going to spend a, a, a ton of time. We'll go back and forth on all these things. Uh, but what I was saying was not even toward the players, by the way. I was saying their offense they weren't stretching the ball down the field. They were, I don't even remember what team it was, but it was like, oh, I don't either. There were no passes over 10 or 15 yards. And I said, that was like a high school offense. And we still got into it. And I was like, well, I'm not saying that they look like high school players and they're not playing hard. What I'm saying is you can't play that way in the end. He didn't care. We were, we were into it by that. But point. I was, I wasn't the only one though, was I? Uh, I believe Mike Rob may have backed you up. Was it Mike Rob? <laughs> yes. You had some backup. No, but it was, Mike is different and, I, and I'm learning, not Mike is different, but I'm learning in TV, the perspective of a beat writer or the perspective of an insider. Mm-hmm. And they're all about information. And players, we're all about process. Yep. And when those two are on television, they don't operate the same way. 
they're literally, it's like a different perspective. I, I don't mean the soundness in a mean way. And I'm not saying he's the man or the female. I'm the man or the female. It's literally Mars and Venus, husband yeah. and wife. It just, we don't see it the same. Uh-huh. We literally see it totally opposite, right? It, he sees as, he sees as, oh, that cup is half full. I see as, no, I'm still thirsty. Yeah. Right? It's so different. Now let me tell a Tannehill story because that's that's another illustration of what you don't do. And Steve will, you know, Steve will call you out for it on uh, on national TV. So I'm at the Dolphins training camp practice in <laughs> middle of July. It's like 90 degrees and humid as all hell. Sun's beating down on me. I'm off camera while they're practicing it. Two in the afternoon for some reason. Like it's not like I could do a morning practice or late afternoon where it's nice and cool. And Steve's somewhere else. I was actually in Canton. It was hot as fish grease. Okay. I say, you know, I'm, I'm talking about Tannehill. And, and I'm referring to the year before when Gase had to back it down with, his, with how much he fed Tannehill, how much he's allowing him to do at the line of scrimmage. And I'm saying, you know, they, what, what Gase did was, was strip it all the way down. And now he wants to rebuild it. Because you got to remember, this is a guy that's used to the way Peyton Manning did things. And, and I'm telling you, and Steve, them- get, Steve's yelling, get him on camera. I want to see his face. Meanwhile, the sweat is just pouring down my face. <laughs> I was enjoying the fact that I was off camera. I'm dying. And now I come on camera, schwitzing and looking horrendous, probably making it look even worse that like, oh, Steve's calling him out. And now he's melting on camera when really I was just hot because of the heat. And he's like, don't you ever put Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill's name in the same sentence with Peyton Manning. And I said, no, I wasn't compared. I don't care. You don't. How could you? And I heard about that for months and years. I think I'm still hearing about it. Yeah. How did it work out for Adam Gase and Ryan Tannehill that year? (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Hello? Is this thing on? Is this thing on? Hello? I didn't Again, I don't know how many times I got to tell you, I'm not telling you that he was going to play like Peyton Manning. I am telling you that Gase was used to a certain thing. It's Listen, if anything, I was highlighting bad coaching, right? That he was expecting a certain level of Peyton Manning from a guy who wasn't Peyton Manning. Well, hey, is Adam Gase a really a good coach right now? Because uh, he ain't doing stuff. Well, maybe, we sh- maybe the Jets, among others, should have seen the writing on the wall. How about that? <laughs> That's a whole different conversation right uh, now. I think it's about that time. Just uh, take a little breather. Cut to it. Cut to it. Let's get down to it. Hey, Gerard, where did you get that T-shirt? You mean this thing? Oh, yes. I got it from CutToItPodcast.com, where we have exclusive merchandise. Shout out to our guys at 704 Shop. But, yeah, you can go on, buy you a T-shirt, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in, like, 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue, with its powerful, DC turbo engine? Well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. 
at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Phone to do this, but all right. I was super excited, <laughs> super excited to have you on here <laughs> because I love what you do and how you do it. I also give you an opportunity because you will tell us how it is, and mm-hmm. I wanted you to tell us everything that's involved. Yeah, a lot of times people see us on television, they think one that the producers feed us all our information that is easy. Yep, that is, mm-hmm. and it's, imagine having, I, I mean, we've had dinners together where we're both mm-hmm. talking to different sources on two teams that are playing each other. He's talking to a source for maybe a coach somewhere, mm-hmm. and then I'm talking to a player on the opposite team, right? Mm-hmm. and they're discussing a lot of different things, and we're both talking, and I've learned, I, I, I've learned from Mike how to get a little bit more comfortable and settle in in myself on having sources and dialoguing and talking because I have been considered this very high strong player who doesn't have the ability to look neutral or think neutral. And, you know, and I think before I became on TV, Mike was the same, Mike kind of saw me that same way. And as I, he's gotten to know me, I am high strong. I am intense. However, I studied my butt off and Mm -hmm. I work hard and I try and I am, to some degree teachable. Mm. And I try to learn. He's been one of those guys that I've learned from. And at times, even in competition, have broken stories that the insiders usually get. Because mm. I do <laughs> I do go to training camps oh, yeah. and talk and and I go to training camps and I desire to go to training camps and I go to the combine. I go to combine an extra day and a half, two days, and I I'm in the I'm in the suites talking to general managers and coaches. Mm-hmm. And so I've learned by Rap Sheet and Mike Garofolo on how and what. And we've spent numbers evenings. Hey, Mike, how do you do this? And, you know, he's walking me through it. So I, I, I've been really excited to have him on to educate us on yeah. what is really an insider. Yeah. Right? It's, it's the- been yeah, I mean, it's been a, a, a we've we've learned a lot from each other. Me probably more from Steve because, you know, it's been good to have. And, and they asked us when we first started the show, you know, what are you most excited about? I said, I'll tell you right right now, um, it's a unique opportunity for me to work in the studio alongside uh, two guys and Mike Rob and Steve Smith. Remember, we were at dinners at dinner at uh, your favorite steak place in Jersey, um, and I said, because if I say something that doesn't pass the smell test. They're going to let me know on, on live TV, Steve, more than Mike, Rob, Mike tends to pull a few more punches because that's, that's his personality. Uh, but he'll let me know at times too. Uh, but, but you know, that's, that's been a good, 
a good thing for me. Um, so let I, me. I, I'll go to bat for him though. Oh yeah. Well, no, no. Yeah, it goes both ways. If, of course. If people come at him like, hey. It's like my, it's like my little brother. Ain't nobody gonna beat up on Mike, but you they, can, yeah. But nobody is. Don't come, don't come to the family now. We <laughs> with the fishes. <laughs> with the fishes. Well, let me. So let me. I, so I, I answered the ad. I, they, they hire me WIP. And now the point I was originally making was, you know, people went and did internships, mm -hmm. um, and I, I chased a different path. I was actually working while I was in college, um, and I got a better experience because mine was hands-on. A lot of these internships, you were just doing stuff that wasn't hands-on work. You were just kind of hovering and in the area. I, I, I'm i glad that I followed my father's advice because it allowed me to really uh, start working in radio while I was still in, 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 uh, in school. My first shift, I'll tell you this, was New Year's Eve, seven to midnight because nobody wanted that shift. I'm sorry, it was actually seven to 1 a.m., so I was there for midnight and beyond. The only person in the entire studio, not even a host, because everything was on tape. Um, and nobody wanted that shift. And I'm the new guy. So I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, I guess I got to take this shift. So I'm 20 years old and all my friends are out getting smashed. And I'm, I'm working my first shift at, at uh, WIP Radio. And here's, so here's the funny part. Uh, at midnight, from, from 11 to 1, it, everything was on these reels, the old style reels that you had, you know, where you, you'd, you'd get the tape going, you hit the button, whatever. And uh, midnight comes and I hit the reel to start it right then. And I hear boom, Roll boom, up. boom, 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 boom. Like, uh, like right as I hit the button. And so this is 2000 into 2001. So my mind immediately was like, oh my God, it's Y2K a year <laughs> later. Like they thought it was 2000, but I thought maybe they were wrong and it was actually 2001 and oh my God, I just blew up the building, right? And it turns out it was the fireworks from uh, nearby Penn's Landing at, at, at midnight, but it scared the bejesus out of me. Um, but that I listen, I, I screwed up so many times in those early days and put some stuff on air and, and had a bunch of dead air and learned along the way. Um, I was there for four years, almost four years, I think. Uh, and I started when I graduated college in 2002 two years into being at, at the radio, I said, well, I'm, I'm, it's a slow Sunday. I'm doing a show. I'm looking across the host. And I said, I don't know if I want to do this. I said, if, and if I did want to do this, I knew I wanted to be in sports media, but I said, if I do want to do this, the guys they put on the air are former writers. So I got to get out and write. And um, I, I mentioned it to a couple of the guys and they said, Hey, call this guy, uh, Rob Motti, uh, who's the AP sports writer for all of Philadelphia sports editor. The only full-time guy covers all the sports. He used to work here. Let him know that, you know, you reached out and we told you to. Yeah. So I reach out to him. He says, come on up to Eagles training camp day one uh, and I'll meet you and we'll talk. So I go and I drive up uh, Lehigh, two hours, drive all the way up there, meet him. Uh, and it, through the course of conversation, I learned that he was in my, uh, he's from my neighborhood, number one. Number two, he went to my high school. And number three, his brother was really good friends with my neighbor who had this channel in Philly called Prism. It was this premium channel that my father, he didn't pay for it, but my neighbor did. And that's where all the home Sixers, Flyers, Phillies, home games. So I go to my neighbor's house to go watch the game, even though those guys were older. And so once he found all this out, he really took me under his wing and he allowed me to cover things. I mean, my first assignment was covering Eagles training camp by myself. Uh, the first day, I think they made Lito Shepard available, the, the, the rookie first round pick. Um, and so through, through those two 
jobs. I'm giving you the shortest version possible. I got recommended for the Star Ledger job in 2004 to go cover the Giants. Uh, I went into the interview process thinking there's no way I'm getting this job. So I was loose, right? Because I didn't think I had a shot. And probably because I was loose, I interviewed well. Um, and I, you know, I, I can, I said, I can do this and I can do this and I can do this and I can do this. And then they hired me and I said, are you nuts? I can't do this. <laughs> now I got to back it up. <laughs> are you nuts? Right. He was you out, right. shooting his shot. <laughs> you, you believed all that? Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, and, and I'll tell you what, that was an education. First time living away from home in an area where I knew nobody with Tom Coughlin as the new coach trying to lay down a law and he's got no time to suffer fools in the media. The players are hating him. The team was doing well with Kurt Warner. Then they pull him and they put Eli in and everything went to crap. I, I mean, that was, that was, I learned more in that one it. year than I probably learned. And, you know, and so that, that was pretty much my start uh, in sports media. It's amazing. You fast forward 18 years later and we're in San Francisco working me, Colleen and, 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 and Mike, mm -hmm. uh, only thing is, only thing we were missing was Mike Rob, mm -hmm. and we're in San Francisco, and we're walking around, and I'm, you know, I got my notepad, and he has his notepad, and we're just, he's like, what are you watching? And we just went through the whole thing, like, mm -hmm. telling him what I watch, and why I see this, and, you know, why I'm looking for these things, and, and, and it's funny, we go back, right, I remember going back, because I use that, I use, I leave, I still save all my training camp notes, mm -hmm as reference through that season. And me and Mike Jeezy, we're sitting there talking. I'm like, bro, look at this. And he was like, what are you seeing? I'm like, look at that corner. Look at the the receiver. He's like, yeah, he's in typical Mike, mm -hmm. right? Typical insider, beat writer, reporter. He's like, the receiver's pissed because he's not getting the ball. I'm like, no, bro. Why is he not getting the ball? Mm -hmm. He's like, I don't know why. You remember this, Jeezy? Mm -hmm. We were watching, and they were emphasizing, right? Emphasizing throwing the ball deep down the field. So they're running double moves, and Jimmy G doesn't throw the double move. He throws the check down. Why is that key? Why do you have to emphasize throwing the ball deep? That's like emphasizing you're a baker baking. <laughs> if you're a baker, you bake. bake yeah. If you're a quarterback that has a $75 million contract, they emphasize throwing the ball deep. Mm -hmm. it's part of, that, yeah. That's part of what you do, right? Yeah. Or you maybe, or maybe it's something you don't do. Huh. So, Mike, how did you how did you make the transition from writing from the Star Ledger to now uh, where you are with NFL Network and being on their programming? Well, I, I went to school for mass communication. What's interesting is. Uh, at, at my school is a liberal liberal arts university at LaSalle, and um, you had to have a uh, a wide ranging um, curriculum. And so even outside of your major, you had to have a wide ranging thing. And then inside your major, you couldn't just take one track. You had to have all kinds of communication. That's what they made you do, uh, which I hated at the time. But then I, I came to understand that communication is about different ways of actually communicating with people. So it's a smart way of doing things. Um, and so I had to take public relations classes and advertising and script writing and, uh, screenwriting, like movie screenwriting, uh, news writing. I took everything except for journalism. I didn't take journalism. I don't know why. 
I didn't take it. So what's interesting to me is I had all these video and audio production classes, and yet I wound up starting in my full-time career doing the thing that I didn't take, which was journalism, which I had to learn on the job, um, which was which was fine. I mean, you, th those lessons you learn quickly or you don't learn them, and, you, and you're just going to be you're just going to be eaten up if you don't learn them. The first year goes by on the beat. And toward the end of the first year, the producer who had this roundtable show with all the writers, uh, he actually worked for the Giants. It was a Giants production. And he said, hey, we do this show on MSG Network called Giants Online. I said, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, it's great. He goes, would you like to be on it? I said, yeah, sure. He didn't get, he didn't get to me till the next year. Uh, I did it probably a couple of weeks into the next season. We do the show. I'm walking off and he's like staring at me and walking toward me. And I'm like, is he about to tell me you're never coming back? Like, what's he? And he goes, you're really good at this. And I was like, oh, well, thank you. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, really good at this. I was like, thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. I said, frankly, this is what I am trained in. You should be surprised I could do the other thing, the writing. <laughs> like, that, that, that's the one that, that I actually had to learn on the job and, and figure out how to do as I went along. Um, so uh, a couple of years later, the Giants win the Super Bowl. That's another thing, by the way. I was really fortunate to cover a team that won two Super Bowls in four years because that helps you. That thrusts you as a local beat writer into the national spotlight and people notice your work. So I, I part of the, I, I got to give Tom Coughlin and Eli Manning and everybody that won those two Super Bowls uh, credit and thanks because that allowed me to kind of display some of my abilities along the way. Um, but after they win the first Super Bowl, uh, SNY, who I mentioned earlier, Sports Network, uh, Sports Network New York, um, they would send out, they were a Jets, they had a Jets affiliation. So they had a devoted Jets reporter. But every day they would send out a different reporter to the Giants. And that person didn't really know what was going on because they're not in the locker room. They're not following this stuff. One of those reporters, by the way, at one time was Scott Hansen, who actually did a really good job when he came out. Uh, now, now the NFL Red Zone host. Um, and so I pitched to them, I said, listen, um, why don't you have me do it? I'm here every day. I've got a little bit of TV background. Let me audition. Um, I'll do your daily reports. You don't have to send a reporter out here every day. You don't have to pay for somebody's travel because I'm at every game. You just have to send a camera and a producer. I said, so that'll save you money. I make a little money myself, right? You know, but it'd be more convenient for you. And they said, well, thanks, but uh, we're, we're good, right? <laughs> About, I, I, wait, hold on, hold on, this is great. About two months later, I get an email from a woman at SNY, not the person that I had talked to, a different woman, who says, hey, we were thinking. Oh, uh, oh they got a great idea. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were yeah, thinking. We were thinking. You know, maybe, and like laid out my whole case for why that we should do it. And I, you know what I replied? I said, that's a tremendous idea. I'd love to talk to you. And that was my early lesson that particularly in TV, it's mostly important whose idea it is. And if you want to get done what you want to get done, sometimes you got to pretend that it wasn't your idea. And mm -hmm. that's what I did. So <laughs> I started to do a bunch of TV for them. Uh, I went after the Giants won their second Super Bowl. Uh, this is another long story. I'll give you the short version. I went to USA Today for a year. And then I jumped to Fox. Fox Sports 1 launched in 2013, I believe it was. Um, and I was there for three years. And then made the jump to NFL Network. And here we are now. Our last segment is called Deep Three. And basically what Deep Three is, is it's three questions in order to get a deeper take on you, who you are as a person, not necessarily a reporter, 
but who you are as a person. So Smitty, go ahead and give him the first question. So the first question is when you are like old as dirt, 95 years old, what do you want people to say about you as a, as an insider or as a reporter or just Mike, Mike Garofalo? Um, well, we'll start with the, the first part. Um, I would say that I want them to say that, uh, you know, he was, he was fair. You could trust him. Um, and, uh, if he, if he made a mistake, he owned up to his mistake. Um, and, uh, you know, he was, he, he wasn't always right, but he tried his hardest to be. Um, and then as, as a person, you know, I want to be, he was a good family man, a good father, a good husband. Uh, if they can say that my work on this earth will be uh, complete. What do people not know about you? That I'm actually probably kind of a shy guy, a shy individual. Hmm. My wife, um, really? says it all. Yeah. My wife says it all the time. She's like, uh, we all thought you were kind of weird. I said, what do you mean? She's like, well, you didn't talk much. You, you, you asked a lot of questions and you observed. And that's the way I come. Like some people don't, some people think that or have thought over the years that I'm not a nice person because I, I, I come off in a certain way when I first meet somebody, I don't offer a lot. Um, and I, I kind of let them show their hand and then I kind of, uh, you know, start to reveal my personality a little bit more. Um, and that sometimes rubs people the wrong way. And it, I've tried to kind of uh, do whatever I can to offset that a bit. But uh, yeah, I would say that uh, that would surprise a lot of people. What's your big goal? Not in work, in life. I Listen, I, I to me, I, I've kind of taken on this whole fatherhood thing um, with a, you know, you're, you're molding your child's life, but you're, you're also they're here to teach you as much as you you're here to teach them. If not, if not more the other way. Um, and you start to see things in them that you realize about yourself and, you know, you want to correct it in them, but, but really you got to correct it in yourself first and, and they will follow. Um, so I think that that's where I am right now with regard to parenthood and understanding what it's about. And um, if, if I could become a better person through parenthood, I know it'll, it'll go the other way to my children. So I'd say that that's probably one of my bigger goals in life right now. Do you relate to NFL Network in a similar way to your NFL teammates? Mm. No, because it's different. I think so? because with NFL team, the playing the NFL, you, you see what it is. Right, you see a guy lined up. You see a right guard that gets beat, who's having a tough day. You can't hide from it. There's no script. There's not. There's not a producer who maybe turned on the wrong camera. It's it's there. Mm-hmm. In in TV, you can sometimes, and I don't want to say hide in a negative way, but you can cut your words shorter. You can maybe not talk, or maybe you're uh, talking not, in terms of performance. Yeah, n- okay. not be not be included in that dialogue, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't like the player or I don't feel comfortable talking about the content or the subject. In sports, you can't, mm. right? You you can't hide or change or remove yourself. Like, if you have to, let's just say, uh, you know, current right now, you got to go against Aaron Donald. Mm. No. Can't miss that one, right? right. Your editor cannot your, – your producer can't help you. 
the makeup person cannot give you makeup. <laughs> you, you, they ain't no anti-shine. Like, you are in the trenches, right. and you are solo. You you got number 99 from the Los Angeles Rams on your head. Gotcha. And it's just you, right? In TV, I think it's it, you can support each other, uh, you know, kind of like what a coach is on the sideline. Like, hey, do your best. <laughs> In TV, is such a different dynamic. In which – would you say you've built the strongest relationships, NFL Network or playing in the league? Mm, I think both. Yeah, I, I think because I switch over to journalism, yeah. guys are asking, you know, you know, how, how are you? Well, I'm still Steve now, yeah. but I, I I'm not into the guy you're making you look bad. Mm-hmm. But I'll say, hey, you know, we gonna we gonna be real now. We're not yeah. gonna sugarcoat it, but we're not going to put it out there to where. Um, we're all embarrassed. Okay. So I, I I I try to do that line where people know they're getting a reel from me, but also can I've I've had general managers, I've had coaches tell me things. I'm like, is this this is great information? But are they telling me this? Why, too? What do they want me to do with this? Yes. Are they testing? And what should me? I do with it? Yes. Are they testing me? Yeah. Um, like I've had some reporters who state this about a team. And You're the team that call is called me and say, "Why is that dude saying that?" Mm-hmm. And I've had to t- say, "Hey, this team is calling me and telling me this is not completely accurate." Mm-hmm. Boss, am I? Do you, are you okay with me going on there? Because I still have this in these individuals who are looking at me as, as a holder of that information, as a holder of that information, and saying that's not the complete truth. Yeah. So do I? What do you do in that moment? Do, do I lay that that reporter out to say, "Hey"? Basically, Johnny, you're a liar because I spoke to that team and this is what they told me. Mm-hmm. Or do I not say anything and the team now is there upset at me because I haven't said anything. So I, I've been at times caught in the middle. Mm. And I've kind of sometimes, luckily I haven't been on air. So I'm like, whew, I ain't on air for a week, so it ain't my problem. <laughs> well, that's different. Then. Right? I, I, yeah. There was one time I was off air. In July, because we were moving and I weren't, I was not scheduled to be on. We were in a rental, and we, I didn't say anything. Hmm. And luckily, I wasn't on air, so I didn't have to really dispute the kind, you know, what was stated. But I was on the phone with with my boss, like, "Hey, this team is calling me saying this isn't correct. Hmm. They're look telling me they called me at." On Thursday night at 11.45 p.m. saying blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh. And so I get off the phone with them at 1 a.m., at 12 a.m. Angie's sleep. She's like, are you still? I'm like, yep. And then I got to call my boss, talking to him. He's like, well, you know, so just kind of it's craziest. There's a lot of stories that I've heard. I'm like, I don't want to know. Yeah. Mm-mm, don't tell me. I don't know. Not I don't want to know where the bodies are buried. I, I don't even want. I, <laughs> don't tell me nothing. I don't want to know his name, her name, his. It, uh, uh, nope. No, thank you. Nah, nah, nah. I'm not listening. <laughs> you are a unique person. You are well worth it. You are competent. And most of all, you're lovable. I'm Steve Smith Sr. I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut to it with Steve Smith Sr. That is me. 
is a production of Cut To It, LLC, Balto Creative Media, The Black Effect, and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From Cut To It, executive producer Steve Smith Sr., co-host Gerard Littlejohn, talent and booking manager Joe Fushi, social media team Wesley Robinson and John Show. From Balto Creative Media, Cut To It is produced by Brian Baltashevich and Meredith Carter with production assistance by Alex Labreck. Production manager Sarah Pollock. Theme music by Alex Johnson. Lyrics and vocals by Anthony Hamilton. If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.